so excited. <laughs> All right. Hey, Amy. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited that uh, you were able to join in, that we finally have this. Oh, my goodness. I know, finally. It's been a hot yeah, minute. <laughs> yeah. It's been like, what, a month of trying to get our More than that. We started since and... January. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah, so we started. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm happy that uh, we could finally, you know, find a time where we can both do this. Me too. How are you? I'm well. Um, I'm just yeah. fighting a fever right now, but I'm okay. Me too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm all, I'm I'm just like God. Let let this not turn into any virus. Of no, any seriously. Ah, uh, we we pray against that. End, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. End in flu. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so I guess I'll just introduce you to uh the listeners and sounds good I'll introduce you from how I have interacted with you and then I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself because you know you're better yourself sounds better good I, I can't wait to hear what you say <laughs> <laughs> so Amy Amy is I feel like you are a person who is able to invite people into spaces. And I first met you through ProConnect. And I think they were having a an interview with you. And you were just introducing your work and that you're a photographer. Uh, you're also a podcaster from what I know. I've listened to all your podcasts, which were really awesome. Yeah. And uh, from your... Yeah. From your first uh, episode, I learned that you lived... You're from Congo, lived in Uganda... And currently in Canada, and you have a really amazing story that I have so many questions about, but maybe for another time. Um, and I know you 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 described yourself as a jack of all trades, and you're trying to master the skill of uh, encouraging people, and that's what you describe as your trades that you're currently trying to master. Wow! So you really paid attention, eh? <laughs> no, listen. I paid attention to every episode because I found your your podcast really capturing and uh, very conversational type. And I just feel like I feel like you're an awesome person. Wow! Thank you so much. Yeah. Wow, you're so yeah, kind. And you have really great friends too. Like all the people that have come on your podcast, they are awesome. Oh my goodness! Aren't they though? Aren't they? I think yeah. I think that's what excites me about podcasting is because, you know, it'd be fun to have like these folks who are super like huge experts in these specific um, like topics that I'm really interested in. But I just love mm-hmm. the idea of making it a topic of conversation with my friends right? because I love yeah. picking their brains. And I think my friends are so smart. I think they're so great. And so just yeah. have, being able to talk with them and have other people coming to those conversations brings me so much life so I'm glad that you think they're great too because I think they're so fantastic no they're awesome they're yeah. awesome wow yeah. thanks so for listening anything on your intro bio thing oh uh, <laughs> no I think you said a lot more than I would have said too uh mm-hmm. and that's so awesome that you even remember the comment about being a jack of all trades but I'm not really mm-hmm. a master of none Except for my desire, yeah, to to want to love people well and encourage folks well. I don't think I'll ever master that, but at least I have the desire to want to be good at that. And so I think mm-hmm. uh, I think God's blessing my efforts so far. Um, and I think the thing that makes it easy is others that I want to be encouraging also encourage me. So it never feels like I'm doing it, like I'm doing work. It just feels like, yeah, it just feels awesome. It's a give and take kind of relationship uh, with the folks that I want to be caring about. So um, I think... No, I don't have anything more to add. You've you've described me well. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So today, I just wanted to uh, discuss uh, beauty standards and Ooh, yeah. your your take on it as a photographer, because I know that we're in an era where pictures define beauty, basically. It's, it's a bit of a flawed thing, but from, I guess, from what I've seen on social media and you know, like we are into dating apps now. So what picture you put there basically presents your beauty and it creates some form of a standard. Yeah. So I just wanted to have your take on it as as a photographer and your experience with it. So I guess my first question would be, what are your experiences with beauty standards? My personal experiences with beauty standards? Yes. Okay, hold on. Let me think about this question for a minute. Hmm. How do you define it, and how have you seen it being defined? Right, okay, that that frames it better. How do, how do I right. define beauty? I think yes. I think um. Okay, from from my experiences, at least from from my experiences as a photographer, as a portrait um photographer, I would say that my definition of beauty is when a person fully becomes alive who in who they are. Um, so my, my favorite moments in photography is I love one-on-one time. And so being able to just warm up with a person, usually the first 10, 20 minutes of a session are me and my subjects getting used to each other, uh, them getting used to the way that I click my camera and, and getting used to the directions that I give them and me getting used to how comfortable, um, and how well they like themselves in front of the, in front of my lens. And so that moment when we finally get over the nerves, of me being like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, I'm working with a new person. And of them being like, oh my goodness, I'm posing for a new photographer. When we finally get over yeah. the nerves of the awkwardness, the potential awkwardness and the newness of it, and they finally become who they are. Like they finally um, accept um, who they are and they finally become comfortable with the concepts that we're shooting. And they learn how to just freely laugh. We learn how to just freely talk in the process of clicking. Mm-hmm. That to me is beauty. Um, when a person okay. embraces themselves, that is beauty to me. And so it has very little to do with appearance um, and just more to do with a person fully becoming. That's, hmm. um, that, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I don't know if I asked this question well, but let me, let me maybe say it from where I'm coming okay. from. I think for me, um, I've always been nervous about pictures. Yeah. I, I, I was, I, I think, I guess I could describe myself as someone who was photography phobic, if they say okay. anything like that. Very afraid of pictures and because of what had been defined as beauty for me. And so I always felt ugly before I even ah. stand in front of a lens because where I come from, the standard of beauty was you have to have curves, you have to be light-skinned yeah. and not too tall. And I'm tall, I'm slim, and I'm not light-skinned, I'm dark-skinned. So every time I would stand in front of a camera, all my thoughts would be, oh my God, what is it capturing? Is it capturing all my flaws that don't meet up to, you know, to beauty? And I've always been nervous with taking pictures, even with studying my page, taking pictures of myself was something that was, scary for me the very first photo shoot that I did I I usually have my hair out anyway because I like to wear my hair natural 
But that day, I was so nervous that I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw on a wig and everything. Right. I, I go to the photo shoot. I was like, no, this is not. Mm-hmm. I had to remove the wig. I had to go with, you know, like flat twist because I was like, this is when I feel myself. Right. This is when I am comfortable. But I guess that's what you also said, that when people become themselves and, and settle into who they are before a camera, that that then displays beauty. Exactly. But I do get the part mm-hmm. where um, where you're, you're, you're framing the question more from a physical appearance point of view. Um, right. And I resonate with a lot of what you just said in that the standard of beauty from even me growing up too has never been people that look like you and I. Uh, not short-haired mm-hmm. black girls with their natural hair um who aren't yeah who aren't uh super duper curvy who aren't super short or super yeah you know so i i relate with Mm -hmm. that too and i think in my approach especially with photography i care Mm -hmm. very little about that because i do agree Mm -hmm. that everybody uh everybody's beautiful in their in their own way and i just Mm -hmm. my job is to just help people realize that they are and have that memory to remember mm. that by, you know? To be like, hey, this is a yeah. moment where you let go and you finally felt like yourself and I got to capture that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my that's mm-hmm. my desire. Because, yeah, beauty yeah. beauty can really be defined as one set thing. Yeah. True, true, true. Do you think that um, your, your experience with how beauty was defined in your, I guess, formative years um, has somewhat impacted how you view photography and how you would capture moments or capture a person it definitely has and i will admit to being to having been a very dumb person when i first when i initially started at a portrait is a lot of my Mm -hmm. subjects were mostly white folks um because in my brain i was like well it's easy to edit them and also this is kind of what i figured (laughs) um this is what i figured the internet Mm -hmm. wants to see more of and then the yeah. more, and the, the cool thing that happened is the more I grew to accept myself for who I was, the more I wanted mm-hmm. to photograph people that looked like me, not as a means yeah. of making a statement or anything like that, but because I was like, first of all, mm-hmm. I really want to get good at editing black skin because our skin glows and our skin's fantastic. Yeah. And so we need yeah. more photographers that know how to display that and not whitewash us and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was really, mm-hmm. it was a really cool experience because yeah, I grew to be more comfortable in who I was and I started mm-hmm. wearing my hair naturally as well and all these different things that just gave me so much more of an excitement to also photograph those that look like me just in case they went through a similar story like mine where they didn't deem themselves yeah. beauty or things like that and yeah just being able to reinforce yeah. those positive like th- that positive message uh into my mm-hmm. uh like now I photograph all sorts of people so it's not even just like about race or anything like that but for sure oh, yeah, my self acceptance sure. had made me more curious and more excited to also be part of mm-hmm. the black culture in terms of photography um yeah, so it started from within, but it definitely did affect how I photographed and how I approached that deal for sure. Yeah, that's that's interesting that uh, when you see your, I guess, self-esteem playing out with how you interact with Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, recently I was part of a uh, fashion Ooh, fun. show for Black, for, for Black History yeah. Month. Yeah, and I made a couple of pieces 
some were black some with were green and i had a, a, a range of models from a white girl to a mixed girl and two black yeah. girls and on distributing the pieces i found myself asking myself okay what color do i give to what person mm-hmm. you know and 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 i had to confront i guess my experience with with colorism because growing up i i couldn't wear certain colors because my parents thought that they wouldn't make me shine right <laughs> yeah so now i was like okay do I give the dark skin girl black or do I give her green? But, you know, I, I really like how green pops on, on the lighter skinned girl. And I was even confronted by someone at the end of the fashion show to say, you know, um, how did you pick your models? How did you pick who wears what, who comes out first? Because I noticed that you had a white girl come out first and mixed girl come out next. And then the next people that came out uh, were the dark skinned girls. Like, was that a thing? Ooh. And that made me to look at myself and say, how did I choose? Did my own um, experiences with beauty standards come to play? And what is my responsibility as a creative when I'm going forward to say, what colors am I going to give to what girl? You know, but I'm also starting to understand that sometimes you only pick those things because of, how I guess it plays out with someone's skin tone. I feel like, you know, like deeper tones go well with with, with dark skin. Like orange would look really great on a dark skin girl than on a lighter skin girl. But I think it's it's an interesting thing to look at as creatives because I do think that we we impact um beauty standards. We we define beauty standard in in some form. Like what you were saying that you felt like the internet would love to see more white yeah. people because that's probably what you've seen in magazines in you know blogs or whatever it is that most of the artistic work most of the photographies that we've seen were white people so moving from that to black people or other races even was a bit of a jump for you because you had not experienced that and we are in a position of starting to redefine some things and showing like a range of skin tones a range of races um and just making people welcomed in in those spaces yeah Yeah. and you know what i think also as a creative you said something important there it's a fine line to walk between how people can sometimes misread the situation because in instance where Mm -hmm. you have multiple people like multiple people with different skin tones walking a runaway Mm -hmm. is how do you make them Mm -hmm. walk and not have it be like misinterpreted as racism or like as a coloristic thing you know because yeah someone has to go first <laughs> and someone has got to go last someone know? has to um, go first and, and yeah. colors matter yeah. like it's yeah. true in that like in, in color theory it's like it's true that certain tones will work best with the certain skin colors and such like that so how do we walk that line where it's just like if this is just a fact versus i was doing this because i felt like i was you know because i was subconsciously working out of my color blindedness or coloristic mindset you know so I think I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we 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 try too much to put too much emphasis or too much meaning that isn't there in situations and sometimes things are just what they are um but so yeah Mm -hmm. it's just like I think it's just um it's important to continuously ask yourself why are you doing this and why does it matter and not always listen to what people are saying too because people will try to make a mountain out of out of a molehill all the time 
Um, <laughs> and especially when it comes to race, especially when it comes to skin tones and skin colors and such like yeah. that, people will always yeah. have something to say about it. So I think it's important for as a creative to just stand strong in the choices that you also make after mm-hmm. taking a hard look in, in figuring out why that's the choice that you made. If you can define it for yourself and know that you weren't trying to be... Um, uh, a colorist or a racist or, or the, all those different things I think then and if you yeah then that that matters more than what a person would say because if a person was like well were you being racist to have a white person walk first it's like uh well no <laughs> like like how are you yeah. you know yeah someone yeah. has to go and first, for like me it had never been a thought like for yeah. me it was just okay I want this piece out first and I gave it to this girl so she's going to go first Boom. and that's it and that's that's but- the whole reason like there's nothing yeah. more to that, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, you're right that, you know, you, and it's something that I'm learning um, because of, of that criticism that came, it made me think of, okay, not everyone's going to receive what I'm doing the same exactly. way. Exactly. I should be okay with that. Boom. And, but yeah. So how then do you handle, um, Okay, my question is, what are your thoughts on, like, editing apps? Do you have specific apps that you work with? And do you ever find yourself in a place where you're like, okay, um, I'm going to take this blemish out because it doesn't look good on the picture? Or how do you interact with with editing? Oh, I love editing. Um, And so I I use uh, Lightroom and Photoshop when it comes to editing portraits. And Mm -hmm. I think that there are fine lines between like photoshopping a person to make them what they're not and then a fine line between and then um, just photoshopping or retouching because I think the, the word retouching itself is very scary but I think it's because people misunderstand um, how mm-hmm. far or how much you can do when it comes to retouching so my mm-hmm. my take on retouching is that it's more about I, I like to retouch to enhance the features that the camera lens doesn't always re- like um what's the word uh project through the through the when when you take the photograph because there is such thing as like bad lighting uh that makes Mm -hmm. a person's face look like what you didn't see when you're taking the image and there are some things like blemishes like let's say like a pimple that that like that usually isn't there on that person like let's say so for me anyways okay i'll just backtrack i just backtrack myself for me, when it comes to retouching, the only blemishes I take off are those that aren't consistent on a person's face. Like, let's say if you were having a bad bad skin day or a bad skin week and you happen to have a pimple on a cheek and that pimple is usually not there, I don't feel bad taking that off because that's not a thing that defi- that, that's... Um, that's a consistent thing on your face for the right... Like, on your... For, for your entirety, right? But let's say if right. someone has, like... Um, a birthmark or something like that i'm not gonna take that off because that's a consistent thing that's always gonna be on them but if it's just like bad acne or stuff like that then i don't i don't and i often will ask my clients as well i usually don't feel bad taking that off because that's not a definitive thing on their on their face and i also because yeah because also the the colors get lost in in translation through how you take the like Mm -hmm. when the image is taken to the point when you process it through your computer, the colors become so dull. And so I have mm-hmm. no issues in editing them to make the colors pop for them to be what my eye actually saw. 
when I was taking the yeah. image. So I don't think editing or retouching is all that bad because my sense of editing and retouching is not to change a person's features. It's not to change the colors from what they weren't. It's to make them pop. And every image every session that I have serves a different mm -hmm. purpose, right? So if it's an artistic thing, then I have more liberty in editing it to make it kind of what I wanted. But if it's my clients right. hiring me to be like, hey, this is what I'm going for and stuff like that, then I'll do my very best to just keep it to what they wanted. So yeah, That's there is an aspect where it's art and then there is an aspect where it's telling the truth. And those two things, uh, the way you go, the way I'd gone about editing them would be very different. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. But yeah, no, it, like I don't think retouching should ever be about changing a person's features, although most people do it there. True. Uh, although most people yeah, do it for yeah, that, but yeah. I don't think that should be the case at all. And I think it's yeah. fun. I so, think like as an artist and as a creative, it's so fun to be able to to actually have the image look like what you had inside your head, you know? Because the camera right, lens doesn't right, see like the eye sees right. all the time. Like it's it's pretty close, mm -hmm. but that's not always the case. So okay. yeah. So I know one time, uh, yes, I've been following you. <laughs> <laughs> one time you posted a story and um, you were basically saying that when you, when you take a picture and when you edit it, you are off not offended, but I'll just use offended okay. for the sake of, yeah. You're offended when, when your client then goes on to, Put another oh on. yes okay offended is right no actually it's not um uh, <laughs> um it's, it's just more so it's not it, you know what offensive could be a word that works for it but for me mm -hmm. it's just a little disappointing because right. when i'm hired for for a gig mm -hmm. um i'm hired mm -hmm. based on usually it's based on the the work they've seen me put out you know, and so they're right. taking that information right. and they're deciding, I like the way you take photos and I like the finished product. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to hire you because this is what I want. Right. And so you hire right. me and then I edit them with my touch. I take, yeah, I compose them. I take the angles with my touch. I edit them with my touch and then you end up changing mm -hmm. it to me. Then that makes me go, why did you hire me? If the finished product isn't the same thing you were going for kind of thing, you know? So mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. Cause we, as a photographer, I spend so much time um, editing these images and oh, I yeah, think that sure. to go and add another filter to it, First of all, it cheapens the image, I think. And mm -hmm. um and that's my name out there kind of thing. That's that's my Yeah. So if if it's a crappy filter and you're sharing it with people that actually haven't seen my word, but then you share it and then you tag me on it and it's such a low quality image now, people will take that and I'll be associated with a low quality image even though that was not the end result of what I had, you know? And so I think I think it, like yeah. the, like it just takes the integrity of the artist out of it, and I think that's so sad when people mm -hmm. do that. Like it's better to even ask, or even better to be like, "Hey, I like the way you edit, but could we do this instead?" Kind of thing. Like so, to even make it a point of conversation and communicate exactly what you're going for when you hire someone would be so nice than yeah. to just have them spend all this time editing and then sending you the photos for them to see that you posted them on social media or you posted them places with a bunch of other Instagram added filters. Um, Do you think though that they, they add these, um, these filters because they're trying to hide something? I don't think so. I think some people like, you know, like feed aesthetics are a thing. And so sometimes people oh, will add their yes, filter to be like, Oh, yes. this is going to go with my feed. 
and and i think that like that's all valid and such but then also the reason you had someone hire you is because they're going to do something different from what you do and so let that fix you know Mm -hmm. let that speak for itself too so i don't think it's often to hide something or anything like that and i think sometimes maybe they add it because they don't like the, the way my edit was which is all fine you don't have to love everything that i do but let me know let me know that hey i prefer this to this or can we fix that yeah so i think for the most part it's it's often about aesthetics than it is about like them not liking um my Mm -hmm. my like the end result but still no so do you do you ever experience like people when when you're taking pictures of them being like oh i want to see how it looks oh yeah i don't like how my belly looks here or i don't like how my face looks um i i I found this to be an issue sometimes when i ask someone to wear something that i've made so that they can um model it if i can say and i find that someone's i guess view of themselves comes to play where they're like oh I look too dark here or oh my tummy is too big like how do you navigate that when you when you see someone's insecurities play out during during a photo shoot do you go by what they're saying or do you try to make them comfortable like how do you navigate that I think well the thing is I don't often preview my images to the clients while we're taking the photos at all I don't um mm-hmm. but sometimes they'll ask and then I will and when their insecurities are, are starting to come through during the session I think I just what I do best is I just try to affirm them and be like hey, this this is what you physically look like and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that because I'm not in the business to photoshop a person to make them thinner or bigger than what they are I, I that's something that I always mm-hmm. say is when they're like oh I have a double chin and they're like oh it's okay you can just photoshop that I'm like no 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 uh, <laughs> I'm not going to um, so it's it's yeah. more about and it's okay we all have insecurities so I think it's okay that people struggle oh, with yeah, that sure. but I think that it's more just about mm-hmm. affirming them and letting them uh, reassuring them that hey how you are is great how you are is beautiful and that's going to be displayed mm-hmm. in camera and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that so it's yeah, yeah. it's about affirming them yeah. and but when you make like when they start to to settle and and like accept who they are then it's just so much fun um yeah. it's just so much fun because then yeah i don't know i love gassing up my clients it's so fun uh <laughs> it's so fun and you know it also gets gets the authentic laughter like and and those moments where the the the, the, the pose is it's directed but the emotion is candid because mm-hmm. we're in conversation while we're shooting right. and so i find that i like i've only okay. struggled with that a, a handful of times where my clients are like oh i don't like the mm-hmm. way my face looked there or i don't like the way my belly looked there and also i think there is also something mm-hmm. to be said in like if a person is that insecure about it as as a photographer it's also my job to pose them in a certain way so that that's not the only thing that's exposed you know um Okay. Yeah, so angles also matter because yeah, there is yeah, there's some no matter how a beautiful person is too, there are just some angles that make the, they'll make their face look weird. They'll make their cheeks look weird. So right. angles also matter and how you pose them also like plays a plays a huge part in that. But no, it's it's about affirming mm-hmm. the client and yeah, reminding yeah. them that this is yeah. good because you're beautiful. Yeah, and I think that photographers definitely play a, a huge role in um, getting someone to see themselves as beautiful, to see themselves as enough, because I think 
when you capture that moment where they are real with themselves, where they're just free, they will begin to see themselves as beautiful. Exactly. People, you know, and yeah. And yeah, then oftentimes yeah, my experience yeah. has been that oftentimes it becomes less about how they look and they remember how they felt. And that always plays a bigger part right. into accepting themselves yeah. than, oh, but I look this way. They're, if they're like, oh, in that moment, I was genuinely happy or in that moment, I was genuinely mm-hmm. free, then the image, the way the image mm-hmm. looks starts to matter just a little bit less because they're remembering how free they felt and they love that that was captured. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that is awesome. How long have you been in photography? Since 2014, but professionally... Oh, that's a long uh, time. Professionally, I would say since 2015, summer 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. What inspired you to start? Food. <laughs> I love food so much. <laughs> I love food so okay. much. And so, I yeah, I love a good-looking plate of food. I love when it's well-presented. And I just love taking photos of food. I love when food looks good. And so I oh, want to remember okay, that. Okay. And yeah. so I had this tiny iPod. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoy cooking. And so in my brain, I'm just like, oh, I love when food, like, I love making food look good. And I love taking those photos to remember them by. But then, uh, yeah, later that year, mm-hmm. in 2014, my sister was like, I would love for you to take more photos of things that are just not food. And then she let me borrow her camera. And that summer, that 2014, I, I finished high school. And I started living in Calgary shortly in the, in the fall that year. And it's close to the mountains. And so I, I, I dabbed a little bit into landscape. And Calgary is also really beautiful downtown. And so I dabbed a little bit into architecture. But um, so I didn't mm-hmm. really start portraiture until, until I moved back to Camrose, where there aren't mountains, where the architecture isn't to die for. And so, I, but then I was like, I still would love to be able to take photos. And so I started uh, taking portraits of my friends. And then I realized that I love, I love connecting with people through, through photographs. And so I just kept that. Right. But then I also worked at, when I lived in Calgary, I also did work with a restaurant where I helped create their visual menu. Um, and so that, that was so much fun. But yeah, no, food got me going. Food got me going. And then I realized okay. I can always take photos <laughs> of food. And I'd love to make money doing this if I'm going to do this a lot. And so I started photographing people. Yeah. Right. Okay, I really love your work. I think you have some really awesome work. You also do with Yes, the past right? two years, I have yeah. been... When I first started, I was like, I'm never going to do weddings. They're not that fun. They don't seem that creative. That's so lame. Uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then uh, in 2016, <laughs> I think it was 2016, I mm-hmm. second shot uh, my first wedding with, some, with two of my good photographer friends. And that was so fun. Mm-hmm. um that was that was connection to the max so I was like oh maybe I might want to do this and so in right, 20, right yeah, yeah 2017 yeah. I believe was the first year that I shot my first wedding um alone and then mm-hmm. I've just liked it ever since so doing weddings is now fun because yeah I'm a hopeless romantic and so it's nice to be around people that are so in love <laughs> with each other and just being able to capture those moments it's such a it's such a huge privilege so yeah yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Okay, that's awesome. So, I think I've asked all my questions. 
Did you have anything that you'd like to Anything add? that I'd like to add? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Oh, just that, listen, I'm not actually bitter. Like, I'm not actually a bitter person when a person adds a filter to my photo. It's not the end of the world for me. <laughs> not at all, because I still trust that, oh, if I'm tagged in what I think is now a crappy image, people will still click and they'll still mm-hmm. get to see what my work actually looks like. And so it's work, like, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not that deep. It's just... It's just courtesy mm-hmm. to ask when someone else spends so much time doing the thing. It's courtesy to ask before you add right. um, or, or take out from what their creativity was. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. I totally, I totally hear you. I totally yeah, agree I have a question you. for you, though. Why are you in Newfoundland? Yep. What are you doing there? <laughs> Is that home? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. So I'm in school here ah. in for uh, to do my undergrad here, but I'm almost graduating and almost out of this place. I'm ready. Oh, to awesome! Be what are you studying? I'm studying mechanical. Wow! So you're a brainiac. Is all I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we are all brainiacs. That's what I tell everyone who thinks that. Like, I, you can never catch me in a philosophy class. I've taken two philosophy classes so far, and my grades were C's very low C's because I am not a very good reader nor am I a good writer but yeah so I'm more of a mathy person but I respect people who do other things too because it definitely takes brains to do anything in university honestly this is true but mechanical engineering isn't that one of the ones where you'll have like 200 people start the class and then by the end it's like 20 people (laughs) ah That hasn't been my experience. I mean, some people have dropped off, but maybe like 10 people max, but not not more than that. Why did you decide that field? Yeah. Because I I love to see how things work. I love to make things work. So I just felt like mechanical engineering, I'd have a more hands-on experience, which has been my experience. Initially, I was going to choose electrical engineering, but... That felt like up in the air. I can't see electricity. I can't touch it. I couldn't relate to it. But with mechanical engineering, you learn about gears. You can see them. You can touch them. You can visualize yeah. how it is working. So, yeah, that's that's who I am. I just love to tinker. I love to make things work and make things That's so general. cool. Well, that's awesome. So are you done yeah. school this yeah. year or do you have another semester or what? This should be my last semester. Oh, you're going to pass. You're so going to pass in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're going to finish it. Awesome. So is Alberta yeah. your home, though? Yeah. I'm... Like in Canada? Where is home for no. you? No. No. No home for me. My sis- I have a sister in oh. Philippines, but that's just about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where I'll move after my undergrad degree, but... Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see where the wind okay. takes me. But where where I get yeah. a job actually. But yeah. So on my podcast, my my really my intention and my heart, I don't know if I should call it my yeah. mission or vision, is to inspire creatives and to um, inspire someone to step out and do what I guess God has mm-hmm. told them to do. Uh, I believe that we were all created to create in yeah. some capacity. Um, not only like in 
the I guess general terms or what we see more often like photography fashion designing or you know drawing or whatever it is but I also think that there's some form of creativity even in engineering in biochemistry in accounting you have to be creative to I guess create new systems and make the world better for us and so when I created this platform I created it with the intention of encouraging someone to step out and discover their creativity or if they have stepped out to continue on the journey of discovering more of themselves in that um, capacity so I guess my question for you is or rather what would you have to say to encourage someone who is exploring their creativity or trying to discover Mm, that's a very good question also I love your mission I love your vision that is so noble that's awesome. And I think you're doing you're doing such a fine work thank of it. You. I also follow you on Instagram. So I love seeing oh, the way you inspire folks. Yeah. <laughs> um what would I say to someone? I think Wow, this is gonna be so cheesy. Uh but it's true. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I think that what you said though, in that we're all created to create and creativity looks different mm-hmm. with how people yeah, because we're all unique and we're we're all called to do different things. Um, it will look different. Mm-hmm. And so my my what I will say to people is just that hey, realize that you do create. Like realize that you already are you already are creative and some people are better creating with words some people with with visual art and some people with without like with ideas and such like that so embrace that side of you embrace that that side of you Mm. already exists and explore the crap out of all the options you know uh don't yeah don't limit yourself and just yeah so accept accept that you are a creator and then explore what that could mean to you. If it is with words, figure out like is it words, is it written, is it words, is it spoken? Is yeah. Um so embrace the side of you, embrace that side of you already exists and then run with it. Run with it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, Amy. Thank you so much for being my first long distance as a person i've never met but i feel like that's I know it why in my head. i love thank social you so media. much for coming oh, here so good. <laughs> oh yeah me too like it connects people and it makes you feel like you have friends or pen pals yeah. or whatever it's called but thank you so much for coming on thank you for accepting absolutely this thank you for having me thank this you. was so fun what a great way to start my morning yeah it was this was so fun <laughs> all right all right. Okay. Thank Enjoy you. Have a good day. weekend. And yeah, catch you later. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. Hi there, I hope that you're doing well. Welcome back to Movaki Talks with Tino Tendampofu, your host on this awesome podcast. So where have I been? It's almost eight or nine months now that I've been away and not producing any um, podcast content. I've been away to re-strategize, to to rethink my service here, uh, my service to you while on this podcast and um, how I'm serving you and if I was serving you well. One of the biggest uh, contentions, I don't know if that is the right word, was where would I share um, content for this podcast and how would I share that and how would I make sure that 
it is of use to you as well as to me. So through the last eight, nine months, I have come up with a strategy that I believe that would be um, impactful and useful to you and to myself as well. So the podcast will now be housed <laughs> on um, a platform that is called uh, Vakai Village. Um, and it is a place for builders, for creatives. And if you're wondering who is a creative, who is a builder, you are. Because I believe that when we were created, everyone was created with the capacity to build, with the capacity to create. So this podcast, the content with regards to this podcast and um, all resources that will be spoken about on this platform would be shared on uh, Vakai Village. So what is Vakai Village? Vakai Village is going to be a space for creatives to create communities, to create relationships and benefit from those relationships through collaborations. Um, I'm going to be having small focus groups where we'll, where we will meet over Zoom, discuss our businesses, our ventures, our creative ventures, and um, give each other ideas, see how we can collaborate, see how we can build each other and help each other grow within our areas of, of purpose and of service. Um, so how does Movaki Talks fit into Vakai Village? All the topics that will be brought up on Vakai Village or within the focus groups that will be discussed here on the podcast. All the tools that I have gained through my two, almost three years of running a handcrafted business will be shared on this um, podcast as well as on Vakai Village as well as within the um, focus groups. And um, Vakai Village and this podcast, I really just want to share my journey as a creative, um, my wins, my losses, my lessons that I have learned through um, venturing out to really discover my creativity and what I was created to build. And honestly, I am still discovering this. I am still wanting to, to, to really have a hold on my purpose with regards to building Um so I will be sharing that journey here as well as on Vakai Village. Um, some tools that have helped me, some tools that have killed me, I will share them here and uh, just my experiences. I will also be having um, awesome, awesome guests on here to discuss topics again that will be raised on Vakai Village and translated here into conversations with um, with people who have seen going through certain things, how um, they've gone through it and hopefully share some insights and some tools for you to be empowered and for me to be empowered. So you can definitely expect um, awesome guests, awesome teachers on here. Vakai Village was, would also have workshops for uh, creatives. I will have different teachers coming in to teach us and empower us. Um, and most of these things will be virtual because the pandemic, COVID-19, has taught us to work virtually and to collaborate virtually and form meaningful relationships virtually. So that is it. I just wanted to drop in today and let you know that I am back. I am back to serve you and to serve you well. Um, all things that will be discussed here would be further discussed on Vakai Village or anything that is discussed on Vakai Village would be discussed on this platform. Um, this is a space for conversation. This is a safe space for conversation 
and I would love to hear back from you and you can give back to me if you have any comments um, or want to be a part of this conversation you can email me I will leave my email in the description box um, let's create conversations out of these platforms I I really want to get away from being an, an idle um, consumer to being a more active consumer who consumes information, applies information, and turns it into useful knowledge. And I challenge you to do that as you listen to this podcast and many other podcasts, as you follow teachers on Instagram. I, I really, really want to encourage you to be an, an active consumer of content and um, of knowledge as well. So I will end it here. Um, expect episodes probably sometimes weekly as long as I have something to say I will be here a max of 30 minutes um, or less if I run out of you know important things to say to you uh, but yeah that's it I am I'm really glad to be back because I think that time away was needed and I'm happy to be back in this space and I hope to serve you and I hope to hear from you and um, get to know you, get to know your journey and hopefully have me be impacted by you. All right, have a good day wherever you are and if you're not having a not so good day, I hope that you hold on today because um, better days are ahead. All right, signing out. Peace, peace, peace.